0: Welcome to Sidewalk Talk. I'm Maria Batt, Director of Client Relations and Design for Shovel the Sidewalk. We are a marketing firm in Western New York, and we utilize the power and persuasion of storytelling to build brands and create advertising for our small business clients. This podcast is all about storytelling. We're telling stories about inspiration, um, giving you guys information and stories of education. Today, I'm going to be chatting with a truly talented woman. Her name is Destiny Rogowski and she is the owner of Sweetheart Pinup. She's a professional photographer. How did I meet Destiny? Um, So before I even say that, I'm not somebody who likes to really have their picture taken. And the thought of me doing a photo shoot of just me is something that would probably curl my toes and make me sick to my stomach. However, my husband has um, an interest in 50s style pinup art. He's looked into getting a tattoo. He just thinks it's really cool. His grandfather was in the war. We've always been really interested in it. Um, it's just it's awesome. And so for our anniversary one year, I kind of wanted to put myself outside of my comfort zone and found Destiny and ended up scheduling a 50s style pinup photo shoot um, so I could give him a book for our anniversary. I was terrified. I felt very awkward. Um, But then once I got there and after I told Destiny, you know, how much I don't like my stomach, how I feel like my arms are too big, she basically looked at me and very bluntly just said, shut up, you're beautiful. I eventually calmed down a little bit and actually kind of enjoyed myself. And after the shoot, I walked out there kind of feeling like a bit of a badass. I felt way more confident than when I went in. And that is what she does with, I think, all of her clients. It is a true gift that she is able to um, give to everybody that, that walks into her studio that it doesn't matter what those little flaws are. You really should only be seeing what is so beautiful about yourself um, and for everybody to see what a badass that they truly are. So welcome, Destiny. Hi, Destiny. Welcome back to the skit that you had today. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Um, So I know what you do, and you're not just a simple professional photographer. There's a lot um, that... There's a lot of cool stuff that you do, but let's start. Before we get into everything, let's start a little bit with your history. You started your photography career really in Los Angeles when you moved out there at the tender age of 18, right?
1: Well, actually, what's kind of funny is I started shooting when I was a kid, and the reason I even credit that as being a skill or learning that as a skill is because it was back in the day when it was film. So a lot of cameras weren't automatic and a lot of the first ones that I got handed um, were ones that I had to set up on my own and um, I had to learn how to develop film and I had to do all of that. So I had started originally shooting like my mom's food, shooting our animals, Mm -hmm. shooting my brother dressed up in like whatever clothing I threw on him. I even would put girlfriends and I mean like young, like 12 years old, um, I would do their hair and makeup. I would put them in one of my dresses and I would put them in front of a sheet with plastic hanging over it in my basement. So I was like, honestly, doing exactly what I do today as a child. Like I was doing exactly that. Uh, Los Angeles was a really great experience because it propelled me into the celebrity part of photography, which is a whole different world. I mean, we're talking so much lighting. We're talking, there's a hairstylist on set, there's a wardrobe stylist, there are PAs everywhere. There's a photographer, there's a director, there's somebody. I mean, it was just, it was like a circus. And you walk in there and there's like 30 people on set and, and you realize that these women or these celebrities are normal people. But when you have a team of 30 creating an image, I mean, of course you're gonna look flawless. You know, there was retouching, there was everything even post um, photo shoot. So it's, it's I, I realized I think in, in that um, experience that it's all smoke and mirrors, it's all fun. It's not supposed to be something that's super stressful and, you know, you beating yourself up. You're just supposed to arrive and kind of just trust these professionals and they are going to guide you and, and make you look and feel fabulous. So I liked that aspect of it. And when I moved back here, that was what I brought with me because that is what makes me different. I'm not just someone you show up and I take your picture and see you later. I mean, a lot of people have had those experiences, and even growing up when I got senior pictures, I hated that experience. I thought I looked terrible, and the guy wasn't telling me what to do or how not to have a double chin or just not even having any advice about my wardrobe, and what I wore made me look like 30 pounds heavier. So I love the fact that when people come here, I nip that in the bud the second they walk in, like, you're not wearing this. We're not wearing that no we're taking off the fluorescent pink lipstick no you can't have heavy eyeliner under here because it ages you 10 years like i help people look their best you know i feel like that's the
0: difference and that is a huge part too is you're not it's not just photography you do hair and you do makeup as well were you doing that in la too uh yes That I was
1: doing more so than photography, because at that time, I was working behind the scenes and working for different photographers. So, uh, originally, I think the first thing I started doing, right when I got there, I met a photographer and actually he wanted to take my picture, this was a million years ago, and I couldn't even believe it because Growing up in Buffalo, I never thought I was pretty. I didn't think I had anything interesting to offer. And I go to LA and there's this photographer wanted to take my picture. And I was just like, is he hitting on me? But then the day of the shoot, he showed up with an entire team of people. And I realized it was very real. And um, he liked what I could do. I had no fear. I just had fun. The pictures came out amazing. And this was back in the day with film. So you really didn't have that many shots to do an awesome job. And after that, we started working together as a team, and. He thought I was really great at posing, and he wanted me to help pose coach his clients, and also he saw that I could do makeup, so I started doing makeup, and then hair came shortly after that, because once you're on set, if they need something, if there's somebody that can raise their hand and do it, you're doing it, and I think it got over, for me, I think a lot of people, when they want to do something in life, they, they overthink it. Like they're like, oh, I'm not good enough. Or, oh, I don't have this experience or I don't know anything. When you're on set and somebody needs something, you just jump in, you're an extra set of hands. So I got over the fear of messing up because it was something that was needed. And uh, I mean, like, like in a hospital, you know what I mean? You jump in, you throw the gloves on and you're like in there. It's the same thing for me anyway. So I learned everything on set. And then after I worked for him, he went on to shoot for Playboy. And I mean, he was basically in the time that we worked together building his portfolio to end up doing something like that. And unfortunately, when you get to the big, big rigs like that, it's not like he could bring me with, unfortunately, because Playboy has their own makeup artists, their own wardrobe stylists. They have all that. Um, So I started working for Jessica Pastor, who is still to this day a very, very big a-list celebrity stylist. And she dresses people for the Oscars, the Golden Globes, uh, the VMAs, all of that. So I was working for her and I was helping dress celebrities. I mean, way up close on them, helping them put their bras on and their spanks on. And well, before spanks, actually, we would create spanks by putting pantyhose on people and cutting off the leggings. I mean, we had a million dollar idea back then and we didn't even realize it, but that's what we were doing to give people that, that kind of tummy support. So, I mean, that was the 90s. That's what I was doing in the 90s. It's crazy.
0: But you're pretty young. To be, like, up close, like, armpit deep with celebrities must have been, like, quite the shock from coming in Buffalo. It was insane. I I can't even
1: lie to you. My senior year of high school, I went to go see uh, Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo Caprio and Claire Danes. Not even a year later, I'm in overalls. I've got bad hair. And I am, the very first shoot I ever worked on, celebrity shoot was with Claire Danes. And I just remembered being like, (laughs) you know, like, cause to me, she was just everything. Like she was the girl you wanted to be. She was, she got to kiss the guys you fantasized about kissing. Like it was like, oh my God, Uh," you know? And I tried to keep my cool. I really did, cause it was in a professional setting. And the one thing I did show her was before I moved to Los Angeles, I was in Arizona for a little bit and I had painted my car, because I had this really crappy car. It was like an 82 Trussell, there was no paint job on it. So I painted it like Romeo and Juliet the movie. So there was like Jesus on the roof, there was the Sacred Heart on the hood, there was him and her kissing and the fish tank on the, the door. It was probably one of the most amazing art pieces I've ever done. And it was parked you know, outside of where we were working I knew I wasn't gonna be able to get her to leave because we were on set and it's a closed set and there's just no way. But I had pictures of the car on me and I showed her and she looked at it and she was like, wow, you're really talented. And I was just like, like what? So, you know, I think that that was what was crazy is the things I thought would, could not be possible in my lifetime just because I changed my environment and I put myself out there, they were, it was weird. It was amazing. I mean, even till this day, especially being back home, um, when I tell these stories, I feel like people's reaction is like that I'm lying and I couldn't make this stuff up. I'm not that creative. There's just no
0: way, you know? You totally so. are that creative. I do believe you, but you totally are that creative. I've seen your artwork <laughs> and I know that you are. Now, uh, I
1: mean, in an embellishing kind of way, I'm not like a, I'm not really good at speaking, let alone coming up with stories of grandeur, you know, so
0: (laughs) now in that glossy world that to, you know, an outsider seems so incredible. What made you leave to come back home? I think a lot of people eventually boomerang back to Buffalo, but what brought you back here? Did you want to start doing the same thing here or was it just time for, to come back home?
1: I think Buffalo is interesting because I came back to visit one Christmas and I had just like the most amazing time and got to see a lot of family members that I hadn't seen in a while. And at that time, my brother was visiting as well and he lived with me in Los Angeles and he met a girl here and he wanted to stay and see about that girl. And uh, I think that was one of the things that propelled it because my brother and I were really close and I didn't want to be away from him. But then also just missing family. And at that time, I wasn't in the best place career wise. It was like I had just made some bad decisions. I had dated some of the wrong people. And I just found myself kind of not knowing what I should do next, you know? And I had a lot of great experiences and knowledge behind me. I just didn't really know what to do with it, you know? I was just in a weird place. And my dad had told me about an apartment he had in a house here that was for rent, and if I was interested, I could rent it from him. And I just kind of thought, you know, yeah, like, let's, let's do that. Because I kept thinking it would be temporary, you know? I could, I mean, as my dad put it in quotes, come back home and get your shit together. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's a good idea so i came back here and i could not get hired anywhere uh anywhere no one would hire me everyone looked at my resume probably thought most of it was fake i mean it was all beverly hills and you know los angeles and hollywood and then some las vegas stuff was in there so everybody probably thought it was not real but it was real i was getting pulled over every other day when I moved back here because I had California plates and people didn't couldn't imagine anyone from California being in Buffalo and I was like no I did it I drove cross-country this is me and so it was it was a challenge but I did get hired as a tour guide in Niagara Falls and I was giving these awesome tours where I had to drive a tour bus hysterical but so me and I had to tell stories about the history of Niagara Falls as I was driving this bus and because I got so into it, I even, like, made a playlist of different songs to play during different stops, because I'm such a nerd. Like, there was one where I played Journey or something. It was just hysterical. But I loved that job. I loved my boss. I loved being by the falls. It was amazing. And then I got laid off. And I had never been laid off before. And I had never in my life gotten unemployment before. And that was when I was like, what am I going to do? And I started to write lists of all the things that I was good at, and it was all beauty-related and painting and everything like that. And I think a friend came to visit, and she had showed me some gal's website, some girl in, like, Philly that had a photo studio, and she did the makeup and wardrobe, and she painted the sets. I mean, she was a maniac. She was, like, my twin. And I just thought, wow, I think because in my experience, I always worked in a huge team. It didn't even click with me that I could do all of those roles, but I had experience doing all of those roles. So why wouldn't I be able to do them all? And um, I just, you know, on a whim, started a Facebook business page. I had a few girls that I knew come and be my first subjects. They did their hair and makeup. I posed them. I dressed them. And one of the girls, because it was in January, so it was getting close to Valentine's Day, was holding one of my props and it was a big giant like sweetheart and when she posted the pictures on her Facebook page she put them in an album called sweetheart pinup and I just thought that was the cutest thing and I was like I'm stealing that because I know if I have to name my business I'm going to overthink it and it's going to be something like five words long and it's just going to be ridiculous and um, I loved that and I thought that was so simple and perfect and I thought it kind of covered a lot of bases like these are pictures you do for your sweetheart or it's pictures of you and your sweetheart or if you get to know me i'm kind of a sweetheart so it just all kind of like you know worked and uh so that that was you know when it was born and i started a facebook business page and within the first month i was slammed and i didn't even think that i would be but there was a need for it here there are a ton of sports bars. There are a ton of men-owned restaurants and men-owned bars. Um, and, you know, it was a cool time to, to bring some girly, some girly glamor to this area.
0: Now, so you, you, you started your own business. Why pin-up? Why 50 style pin-up photos?
1: Well, to be honest, I thought, um, it was a, a culture that I was familiar with. From living in Los Angeles, a lot of my girlfriends out there, that's how they dressed and looked every day. I mean, if you went to their houses, they had vintage everything. Vintage decor, they had vintage lingerie, they had... I mean, all of that mid-century stuff was everywhere. It was everywhere you looked. Um, every, you know, cool vintage store you walked into or just cool store, period, you walked into had that mid-century vibe. I think a lot of Los Angeles, um, especially if you go to, like, Burbank, everything looks like that. and I spent a lot of time in Burbank. That was where a lot of the good stores were. And I just love that style. So I knew how to do those hairstyles. I knew how to do that makeup. And I knew how to dress people that way because I was around it so often. I didn't live that lifestyle every day when I was in LA, but I definitely did it at least once or twice a week or when we were going out. It was just a common way to look. Um, Even in the Hispanic culture out there, I mean, that is just... A way a lot of those girls just look all the time and they look amazing. You know, they wear corsets daily, they just do, um, and waist cinchers and things like that. And they look incredible in dresses. And I just felt like it was really feminine and fresh. Because, yeah, I'm sure that there's other photographers in town that can take a sexy photo. But um, not all women want to be super sexy. Sometimes women just want to feel pretty and glamorous. And I think there's a misconception, especially in this area, about what pin-up means. Pin-up, if you look up the definition, it means to pin a photograph onto a wall. That's what it means. If you look up pin-up girl, pin-up girl is reminiscent of the 40s. And a lot of times those uh, women were inspiring the boys that were fighting overseas and stuff in wars to come back home safely. So they were an inspiration. That is different. So my business is called Sweetheart Pinup. So what that basically means to me is a sweetheart, whether it be you or for somebody, and it's to put up on a wall. So it is a broad way of saying photography in a different way. So I never by any means when I started my business thought it would just be pinup girl stuff. I knew it would be weddings. I knew it would be children. I knew it would be family. I knew it would be everything because it was about making what I shoot for your sweetheart or of your sweetheart or, you know, and that could be used in so many ways. I mean, how many, you know, moms come in here and set their baby down and, and will say like, oh my little sweetheart or oh, you know what I mean? Like it's a term of endearment and i wanted i loved that name because like i said it encompasses everything in a lot of ways that i wanted to to showcase you know you know what so but oh sorry i thought you were done Go ahead. oh no i was just gonna say the 50 styling or the 40 styling that was just fun like to me that Mm. was just so fun i mean the first couple of gals that i had come in that were my subjects we went to eat afterwards, and people were losing their minds over their hair and makeup because they had just never seen that before unless they saw it in a magazine. And they couldn't believe that I could just do that. And it was, it, was, it was amazing. I mean, right off the bat, these girls that were my subjects couldn't wait to do it again, couldn't wait to have me do their hair and makeup again because they wanted to get that attention. It was, it was fun, you know? So I think it's just that simple. It's just a new look for somebody, and it's, it's just fun
0: what I think is so funny about it is if you look at, you know, that like era, the forties, like fifties housewife, you know, the head, you mm-hmm. had to be done, you had a cocktail, for like the June cleavers of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there's something so empowering about having a photo shoot, um, with you like that. I know with mine, I was terrified before. And when I was A lot younger in another life. I worked at Hooters and there were all these girls that would always get these like sexy, like caution tape across the boobs or something, you know, like, which is great. And they did it for themselves. And that's awesome. But I always was kind of like, why are you getting great? Why why, though? Why are you doing that? So I never thought that I would have ever been somebody, but there was something so empowering about that for me. Do you see that with your other clients as well?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, a good amount of people come in here terrified. I think it's just because it's fear of the unknown. And once they come in and have that experience with me once, they kind of become addicted to it because they realize it really is so easy. They show up with like a pair of heels and maybe a pair of underwear and a bra um, as a base just to wear under the things we have here. And I do everything. I literally do it all. Like, I joke around sometimes I could like dig up a dead body and give them a makeover and you know, they'd be, they'd look amazing in a photo, which is probably messed up to say, but it's true. I, I think that they just have to kind of trust me. So yes, a lot of women leave feeling amazing and so many women will go out to have a drink or go, get something to eat or even just walking down the street. Oh, I have a funny story. One of my clients once got in a car accident after she left here and the woman got out of her car that hit her and was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she was like, you look amazing. Wow. Look at your hair. Look at your makeup. Oh, wow. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I hit you. Like, which is so cute because even though it was a bad situation, that girl, was gushing when she texted me later like thank you so much that was like the best experience ever and even though I got in a car accident who cares because I got so many compliments which you know is kind of funny but I think that it just makes people feel special and it's making them feel special even after they leave a lot of times I think that's why people are so impatient about seeing their photos after because they felt so good doing it that they just can't wait to see the results you know It's, it's awesome. I love that.
0: Now you have, when you walk in, you have a big sign that's in your shop that says, shut up, you're beautiful. And I know you said Uh, that to me too. Why is that your, um, why is that your, your slogan pretty much? Your personal slogan? I will tell you why. Uh, A
1: couple of years ago, probably like five or six years ago, I went on a trip and you know, it was one of those trips where I was with some people and people were getting pictures of me, whether it be on their cell phone or whatnot. And I remember getting to see what I looked like at that time. And I had gained so much weight and, you know, I was starting to look older. And because of what I do, I'm not constantly looking at myself in the mirror. I'm more about my clients and I'm more about working on their photos than I am about looking amazing every day. It's just not something that's always so important to me. So when I was on this trip and I saw those pictures of myself, I just was feeling really low and just like I wasn't cute. And on that trip, I was walking around and I had noticed graffiti on the walls, you know, um, where we were walking. And I came across one graffiti and it literally said, shut up, you're beautiful. And I laughed out loud because it was, already festering in my head about how I looked and it was festering and festering that I looked bad and that I looked old and here's this like sign literally and it was just spray painted real casually and it just said shut up you're beautiful and I thought that was hilarious and amazing and it made me smile so I took a picture of it and I kind of just kept thinking about it and when I got the studio one of the first things I did was I painted just a sign and I framed it and it said shut up you're beautiful and I was hoping that you know other people who walk in would notice it and maybe you know feel the same way and that's what happened with it people all the time who come here notice the sign and it makes them laugh or smile and now that I sell t-shirts with that slogan um if I wear them anywhere if I'm I could be in Vegas at a restaurant and the waitress would be like girl I get that. You know what I mean? Because it just resonates. People get that when they give themselves a hard time every day, you know, they get that. So I love that people wear that shirt because I know at some point they're going to affect somebody else with that saying, because you know, it's an infectious saying and it kind of stops you and it makes you laugh.
0: Well, and I know it's not about looks and you're supposed to be an interview. But I think sometimes you need to hear that, or you need to see that in a sign. It just, we all want to yeah, feel yeah. beautiful. Yeah, you know? totally. You know? Now, being um, an artist and a small business owner and a woman, those are three very kind of hard things to have um, on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. How, um, it's, I think it's a very ballsy thing to open up your own business. I respect people so much who just throw it out there and, and are going to do it come hell or high water. How was it different conducting business in California as it was over here in New York state? Well,
1: I mean, to be very clear, when I was in LA, I was working for other people. So in a lot of ways they were handling everything. And I mean, everything by the craziness that comes along with being a business owner and the nonstop surprises and the legalities and all of that stuff. I mean, one of the things that was really big and different there is that it wasn't very often that you could just go shoot somewhere. I mean, you had to get, um, what do they call those things? Like a permit for the day. Uh, so there was a lot of people handling a lot of that stuff. Luckily here, we don't really have that as much. I mean, obviously, if you're shooting a wedding or something, you've got to call a place and let them know you're coming, but it's not as crazy as as it was out there. Uh, I think what's different for me here is that I'm doing everything now. You know, if somebody has an idea for something and they want to shoot on top of a building, I've got to call that place. I've got to show them proof of insurance. You know, I've got to make sure it's okay. Like and when you get a lot of clients under your belt that need a lot of things you feel kind of like a ringleader of a circus because every day everything is so different for every person it's not like you're a construction worker and you show up at the same site every day i feel like i put on my hard hat and i pack my tool belt and i'm going somewhere different all the time you know and it's just like i think that that's when you are a business owner I feel like it's almost like being a homeowner and also being, at least for me as a female, being a single mom, (laughs) because that's what it feels like. It feels like you're doing a lot of tasks and a lot of things are happening and you're just on your own. I think that's what's different for me. I don't have a partner. I don't have somebody to like lean back on. So when I come into work and the ceiling has fallen through and there's three inches of water, I got to figure that out you know, and stuff like that happens a lot. Like I would say at least three or four times a year, I'll show up here to something really crazy and unexpected. And I laugh because I keep thinking of the movie, the money pit, you know, and, and just like, that is a great way to explain to somebody. I'm like, do you want to know what it's like to be a business owner? Watch the money pit. And also imagine yourself being homeless and begging people for change. Because in a lot of ways, that's what it is. I mean, they call it a hustle for a reason. You have to give people a reason to come in and pay you all the time. And you gotta put that ego away. You gotta be humble because it's, it's not super easy. It's hard. And a lot of people who have had an interest in working for me, they will come and do that. And within a few months, they, they're out the door because they realize it's not all fun and games. It's not all Instagram photos. They don't see how much work goes into it. And a lot of people's response to, to seeing how much I do is they think I would never do that much work for that little pay. You know? Yeah. I mean, this area isn't Los Angeles. They don't have the same budgets. I mean, the type of work I'm giving people, if, if I was in L.A., it'd be seven or eight grand, easy, for one photo shoot. That's what I'm worth. Yeah. But here, you know, I'm lucky if it's 250 to $600, you know, depending on what people get and people complain about it all the time. And it's sad when you hear that, because when you really break it down, and I'm being so disgustingly honest, if you break down the cost of the make, the cost of all the tools for the hair, if you break down how much it costs to have a co- all the costumes available for people, if you break down how much it is to... To be here in this space and how much photography equipment costs and everything constantly needs to be replaced i'm lucky if i'm making minimum wage that's a fact you have to really love what you do to to not have that much money you just have to love what you do and i do i've given up so much to do this you know i have a small apartment i don't have a house i don't have all of these awesome things because I give so much to this place that it is my house. It is my baby.
0: It's everything, you know? Yeah. And and part of that is also taking things that you love from your house and rolling up your sleeves and building these incredible sets that you have in your studio. I know like from the backdrop of like where you're sitting right now, it, it looks like a beautiful little reception area. However, it's like two full floors of just yeah. incredible movie-style quality sets that you have built on your own. Where are you coming up with when all of the ideas for all of them, and then the materials? Because the stuff that you have in these sets are so real and authentic, and um, like treasures on their mm-hmm. own, and would be for anybody's home.
1: Um, a lot of times simple things inspire me i have to say i think how everything got started as far as the sets go is when i was first shooting out of my home my living room and my second bedroom became the studio and then when i started collecting things for sets my bedroom became a storage space so i for for very long, probably seven years, had a mattress that I just dragged around and just threw wherever, and that's where I slept. So, (laughs) once again, kind of giving things up. Um, And that's how it started. When I got this place, and I saw that the downstairs was completely bare, I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, this is going to be fun. Like we can do whatever. So a lot of times sets would be inspired by one thing. Like, I think the first thing I got when I opened up was one of those giant clawfoot bathtubs. Cause to me, that's like just the coolest thing to have. And I knew I was going to do some kind of a cool bathtub set. Um, then I had found a salon that was going out of business and I got from them some salon chairs and things like that so I knew I was going to do a salon scene. The thing is is it starts with one item and then it takes probably about two years to kind of get them perfect because that one item isn't everything. It's kind of like you 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 think about that item then you think about a color scheme and then you think about decor but because everything is mid-century it's really about finding all of those pieces that go with it and then have a similar color thing going on and is it the right time period um my mad men living room set i found the tv and that was what inspired the entire set it was like okay i got a tv cool now what um and then it was finding like a chalkware lamp and then i found this really cool red chair and then it was the guys who used to have the record store next to me offered me a record player and I was like yes yes and then I think I had the couch and then it was just finding all those other little pieces so that was probably the first set that was finished but maybe it was like the third or fourth one started um the kitchen scene that I have here is an actual kitchen from a house that was built in 1949 from Huxley Avenue in Buffalo. And that was given to me by my uncle and his girlfriend. They had me over for dinner around Christmas and I was just staring at their kitchen and they were like, what are you staring at? And I was like, ah, this is just more than a kitchen. It's a photo shoot. And they were like, well, we hate it. And we're remodeling and half of it's chucked out by the garage right now. And I was like, get a tarp, get a tarp, cover it up because it's winter. I was like, ah, so they brought that to me. It was probably the first set that I had everything for but it took the longest to get together. So it was the third one that was like put out there that I had because it, we had to build walls to kind of scale it the way that it looked in the actual kitchen. And um, it was pretty beat up because it hadn't been updated since the 40s. So I had chipped pieces of paint, took them to Home Depot so I could make it the exact colors it was um, in its original state. So a lot of that took some time. So yeah, a lot of times um, my ideas just come from one piece and then it kind of propels from there. And other times it comes from me building an entire set and not loving it and then like um, working on it and slowly letting it evolve. Like uh, recently I wanted to build uh, another boudoir set downstairs and um, I wanted it to be darker And at first I kind of had this one backdrop and I was backletting this backdrop, certain colors. And after I shot in it like twice, I was like, you know, I'm not feeling this. I just feel like we could do better. So I had this headboard and I painted it a dark gray. And then I painted the walls in the background, like this really dark teal and hung these dark teal curtains. And then I hung this like black canopy. So now looking at it, it looks the way I want it. And I know I can do so much with it. But a few months ago, if you saw it, it was like I had the right pieces, they just needed some tweaking. So a lot of it is 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 tweaking and constantly messing around with stuff.
0: Yeah, so. that small business is in a nutshell, isn't it? It's just constant tweaking. It's constant tweaking. I <laughs> constant mean, I tweaking. did
1: like this little tour video on my Instagram during quarantine. I watched it the other day and I was laughing because even since just a few months ago, the entire makeup room has changed since then some <laughs> of the sets have completely changed since then and i was just cracking up i was like wow it's it's funny i feel like when you're a business owner you need to constantly document things over and over again because you just you're always fiddling around with different things making them better
0: you know you are on a really cool little section um, of a neighborhood in the city of tanawanda and there are other neat retro style businesses that have popped up around you there's my son goes to atomic um and he loves it in there and i've been to cats like us how cool is it to have other businesses it's it's it reminds me of like um you know when people were early immigrating here and you'd have like a pocket of italians and like a pocket of like irish people at this neighborhood Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. like a little retro pocket what's it like oh it's business with all them now
1: Oh my God, it's amazing. I mean, when I first moved onto this street, uh, the first business I became friends with was High Fidelity and that was a record store. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is perfect with that whole retro thing. And then I became friendly with Cats Like Us and I had shopped at their store before. I didn't realize it was so close. How funny is that? And when I realized it was so close and I went in there, I introduced myself because I was like, listen, we've got a really great thing going. It's you guys, it's the record store and it's me. I mean, we could definitely call this like a retro block. And then um, the gal I was getting my hair done by was interested in starting her own place. And it just so happened that the storefront next to me um, was opening and I let her know about it right away before it was even public that it was available. And, you know, she started to, you know, started her journey from there. And now that's Atomic Barbershop and Salon. And so then when she opened up, then it was like, okay, people were starting to call it the retro block. Like I would hear people get out of their cars, look at my storefront, look at look at Lauren's, and they would be like, this is a retro block. And I was like, yes, this is working. And then this past year, Hello Sweets opened up across the street and they are so adorable. They have all this retro candy. I mean, all the stuff that we remember from our childhood or parents' childhood or grandparents' childhood, they have it all. So going there is too fun. And I've definitely done a lot of cute things Um, In combination with them, um, I did this really awesome basket for a pinup contest and inside was all this retro candy and like a gift certificate from me and cats like us and one from Lauren. So it's like this amazing like retro block. And then just recently, I would say a few weeks ago or a month ago, Twin City Deli opened up across the street and that place just makes really fresh sandwiches and salads and soups and it is so beautiful inside and so clean. So uh, together with everything that's kind of going on in the state of the world uh, it was my idea to do um, a t-shirt that would help um, donate to Black Lives Matter and I took the original Fist logo and decided to add fingernails to it and a pearl bracelet and uh, we're going to do this really cute t-shirt that says you know retro block uh, vintage style not vintage values and we are um, going to give some of the proceeds of that to an organization locally and on the back are all five of our logos just kind of letting people know that this is you know this is a retro block yes but please come here you are safe here we are an ally to you like it's going to be okay and um, all of us have always posted on almost all of our doors you know that kindness matters and everybody is welcome and i guess we just want to make that really known and put ourselves out there and also raise some money.
0: So I'm excited about that. Oh, I love that. We'll have to make sure that we have where you can get that. We'll have that in our link. Um, And that's so important. You know, I think everything is so polarizing right now. Everything is polarizing. And there are so few spaces that not just kids and teenagers, but anybody can go and know for a fact, like, I don't have to worry about what my gender is here. I don't have to worry about what my color is here. I am 100% safe. I know I can get my photos taken here and it's going to be fine. I know I can get my hair cut and nobody's going to be looking at me any differently. Um, and I love that you guys are really, that it is important for you to promote that about yourselves as your own businesses. hmm and did you guys band all, t- do you just happen to have the same belief or did you guys like sit together and say, you know oh, what, absolutely, this is kind of going to be Every- a mission of ours?
1: Everybody had the same belief. Um, when everything started to go um, on social media and people were blacking out their, you know, um, social medias for a certain period of time. And when all of that was happening, there was a lot of question of from people of where does everybody stand? Now, I got my start when I moved back to Buffalo in the Ballstein. buffalo so we're talking like you know paris is burning type stuff like so i have forever been welcomed in all black communities and all african-american situations and everybody came at me with nothing but love so i have never in a million years looked at anyone any different and i just love everybody so um i immediately started to post pictures from my past and a lot of them were embracing one another and feeling safe and I just thought that was really cool and I'm so lucky that I captured things like that in my history and that's actually how I started working for press was I shared pictures that I shot at different balls because that was such an experience for me and it was so great for their community and and bringing each other up which I feel like there should be more of that you know in a lot of our cultures and sometimes there isn't so working for people like that and working for Marcella's and taking a lot of pictures. I mean, my beginning experiences the people who embraced me in Buffalo, New York, when I moved back here from LA and no one would give me work, um, were the trans community and the black community. So as far as I'm concerned, they, <laughs> they they are the reason that I'm here today. They're the reason that I get to do everything that I do. So I will forever be grateful and I do believe that being on this block, all of us shared the same beliefs. And when there was an opportunity to help, um, I was the first person to kind of come up with the idea, but as soon as I did, everybody was like, we totally wanted to do something. This is perfect. Thank you. Like This is, this is perfect. So um, I'm, I'm really glad that everybody was on board because I was gonna do something regardless. And I love that my block is a great representation of um, communities can make a difference.
0: I love that you brought up Paris is Burning. It's such a great documentary. If anybody hasn't watched it and you're um, unfamiliar with the ballroom scene, um, this isn't ballroom dancing. They're not foxtrotting or anything like that. (laughs) Um, But but watch Paris is Burning. Watch Pose. Be aware and, and just be more accepting and kind. And I think that that is what I just love the most about you is you are so accepting and you're so kind and you just make everybody that walks through your door feel safe and special and strong. And Uh thank you for doing that for me and for doing that for everybody that you come into touch with.
1: Well, you know what I'm telling you, I think it's a pay it forward kind of a thing. I mean, when I was in Los Angeles, I got to see the caddiness of celebrity. I got to see the superficiality. I got to see all of the fake everything and the plastic surgeon all over the place and the starvation diets and the drug use and all that. And I came back here, which seemed like a more grounded world. And like I said, I got embraced by the ballroom scene and the trans community. And I have to tell you, one of the things that I love the most about both of those communities is that they were about celebrating all kinds of different bodies, all different skin colors, all different genders, or even like gender fluidity. And I think that that inspired in a huge way the attitudes that I wanted to have here. Because I knew that yes, I wanna make people feel beautiful and glamorous and whatever, but I also thought I would love for somebody to come in here that has something that they think is a crazy flaw and, and show them that it's not. That show them that make your flaw, make your imperfection your
0: perfection. So that definitely inspired me in a big way. I don't want to stop talking to you, but that was so beautiful. I think that that is like a perfect <laughs> cap for it. So thank you again for joining me. If anybody is interested in getting their photo taken or getting their family's photo taken or a Mama Me session or um, you just want to get like a badass, like your hair, like, done because she does that too um check out destiny she's awesome go visit her on her retro block go to hello sweet that is really good i got my husband a bunch of banana candy for um for father's day but support your local businesses and thank you very much destiny
1: oh and you have to check out twin city deli they have the best tuna mac salad and you can get it in containers to go i've been like living off of that stuff (laughs) (laughs) everybody loves a mac salad they're so good but thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank thank you.
0: If you or someone, you know, has a story that needs to be shared, visit our website, shovelthesidewalk.com. Fill out the form on the sidewalk talk page, and we will be in touch to set up an interview with you. You can also check out all of our sidewalk talk podcasts, either on our website or any platform that you love to stream your podcasts. Uh, if you want to find destiny and visit her studio or set up an appointment for yourself, you're gonna go to sweetheartpinup.com. She'll take very good care of you. And, uh, thank you so much. This has been sidewalk talk.